Binge Movies, the revolutionary force in movie reviews. The sizzle you hear isn't just the burning of your flesh. Beast Lords! It's the anticipation in the air for the summer's biggest party. On the sunny shores of the North Coast, home video never dies. And VHS serves on forever. If you're feeling feverish, don't blame sun poisoning. Just drag your blanket a little closer to the healing winds of Beach Brawl 2. of our Gauntlet Eliminator series for season six of Binge Movies. You will select only one motion picture for the vault at the end of the year. Our round one champion is returning and must choose to defend his previous choice, Casablanca, or, in a twist, change his mind and select a film off of the season 6.2 guest list. Let's get to our champion and his challenger. First, the challenger. Raised on remote isles of razor-blading adventure, trained in gator-infested swamps, she is a master of the Millennium Force, the marvel of Florida, the only hope for the coast. Millions of binge lords crying out in unison, help us, she is the Lady Now, the champion. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, run and hide, for he is more machine than Iceman now, twisted and evil. His castle sits high atop the Arctic where his heart was turned to ice. There he awaits his revenge on every movie people have ever loved. He has made his chilling return to Northeast Ohio. He is the party pooper of film Twitter. It is the second coming of the Iceman. The reigning, defending, last movie standing champion of the world, Wow, what an intro. That was even better than the last one. Wow, I applaud you for that. I am I am shaking my glass full of ice right now. That is <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you so much, Jason. The only thing colder for Lundberg than the drink in his hand is the blood in his veins. <laughs> He's a killer. He's a murderer. Oh, Oof. movies you love. Have you ever loved a movie? <laughs> D.W. Lundberg hates it. He's going to tell you why it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I got a few of them today. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> and 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 if there is a yin to his yang, if there is a neo to his Smith, 
It is the Lady Wan, because if you've ever loved a movie, she probably loves it more than you do and might just squeal while she talks about it. Lady Wan, this is your first, uh, I, you've been on a long time. I know. I think this is your first uh, foray back on a binge movies and last movie standing in, in some time. So welcome back. And how are you feeling today? Do you, are you going to be our only hope today to save us from this man of of evil. Oh, I mean, God, I hope so. Um, I've I've been training hard. Um, I I would say I have a, a Rocky montage, but that movie doesn't exist anymore. So no. yeah, Rocky, what's that? I don't. Yeah, yeah. no one's ever heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is all about trying to get ourselves down to the movie most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times. And our no copyright infringement intended vault. Say that ten times fast, binge lords. <laughs> What is presently in the vault, the original Halloween, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Aladdin, Jurassic Park, Parasite, Toy Story, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Men in Black, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Ghostbusters, <laughs> and A Nightmare on Elm Street. And we are looking to make an addition here. D.W. Lundberg is uh, the victim of the twist of the season. We call this the prepare to change your mind season. Nobody knew what that meant except for me because I am as Lumber likes to call me, the Vince McMahon of movie podcasts, or maybe Absolutely. just all of maybe all of podcasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I I previewed it. I previewed it, folks. If you're not following us on Twitter, you're missing out because I would say a quarter of the stories we tell happen exclusively on Twitter. So you need to follow us at Binge <laughs> Movies. But I kept building it up. Hey, man, prepare to change your mind. Prepare to change your mind. And the twist was revealed that. Uh, you know, normally whoever wins last movie standing, we do it four times a year. Their movie is then, you know, goes right into the vault uh, based on the votes of you, the people, exclusively on Twitter. And uh, that didn't happen this time. Instead, Lumberg was forced to return from last movie standing <laughs> Fire and Ice, making his appearance again here for the second round of this Eliminator series, which is Beach <laughs> 2. Uh, and he's here now for us in the summertime, but again, he has a carryover. One of his films, Casablanca, uh, that was the previous winner. He's going to have to decide, do I stick with Casablanca or do I go off with, off, uh, with another film off of the guest list, which would include Lindsay Washburn's choice of Predator, M from Verbal Diorama's choice of That Thing You Do, Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Q's choice of The Muppet Movie, Dr. Woofula's choice of Upgrade, or Billy from We Watched a Thing's choice of The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, on the opposite side of the squared circle from him is the Lady One, and she will be my champion. She will be my, uh, uh, my avatar, uh, so to speak. She will be the corporate <laughs> champion, hopefully delivering a corporate elbow uh, onto the, the uh, I, just the heart of ice. That is D.W. Lumber. When she drops that elbow on him and his heart cracks into a million pieces, millions Ouch. will suddenly rejoice. Uh, but she has to choose between The Predator, The Green Mile, The Muppet Movie, Split, or The Shawshank Redemption. Now, we like to do a little something here that we call First Cut. Lumberg, you have six films this time, so I only want your bottom three. 
and then uh, then we'll go to Lady Wan. We'll get your bottom three. These are the the first three films that just immediately are on this list that you're like, they may be good, but they're not mm. great, and they're certainly not all-timers, so we're getting rid of them. Or maybe you think they're the absolute drizzling shits. Either way, <laughs> let us know. Be quick, be pithy, be funny. Entertain the people, goddammit. <laughs> Tell us. Lundberg, what are you getting rid of first? What's first cut for you? Wow, no pressure there. Uh, first of all, let me just, I, I don't think I was forced to show up. I just, I got it my choice. But again, the, the twist did hurt. It hurt really bad because of all the stress that on my first last movie standing. And as soon as you announced I was going to do the second one, I was like, oh, oh no. So, so not as stressful this time, but yeah, anyway, so still there a lot of go. stress, especially with my competitor here. So my, my three, the first one that's going to have to go is Upgrade. Um, Dr. Wolfie was going to kill me. Why um, so? Why, why get rid of upgrade? What, what does well, it, it work? It's good. I mean, every, like you said, it, it's fine. Like everything's fine. I like the camera work. I like the action. I like the, the gore effects, like the body horror type. I, I love yeah. all that. I just, if you're going to put like maybe a James Wan movie in there, I don't know if I would put, um, that one. Yeah. Um, in, in, um, it is one, it's not Lay one L right. I keep mixing those guys. If even though no, it's Lay one L, but that's okay. Okay. Oh, this like okay. That's what I meant. If it's Lay One L, like I would choose probably the Invisible Man. That that's my, yeah, yeah. That would yeah. be my choice for his best movie. So Upgrade is fine. It is a better version of Venom. You know, like a lot of people. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. I just don't know if it's like you know inductment worthy. So that one's got to go. Yeah. Um, the next one is that thing you do. Um, oh, thank you. You're not. You're the enemy, and I still want to praise you. Get that shit out of here. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, no kidding. Well, again, M's gonna kill me. It, it's like you guys talked about in your episode. It's it's, it's bubble gum. It's pure bubble gum. It tastes great. You know, it's you know, it's there's no calories, any of that. It's just it's I don't junk. know. If there's, Get it out of here. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, there's there's no place for bubble gum in here. I guess that's right. So you know, great movie, great Beatles thing. There's just like you said. There's no. You know, there's no real uh, lasting impact for it, even though I love it. And it's 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 great going down, I guess you could say. That thing you do is out. So apologies to the the O'Neaters for that one. <laughs> and then and then the last one, as much as I love them, I think I'm going to have to get rid of the Muppet movie. Ooh. Um, just, just be, I know I love the Muppets. I think I've got the Muppet show. So if the Muppet movie gets kicked out, mm. I don't know. It won't be that. It won't hurt that bad. I just feel like, especially watching again. I haven't watched it maybe ten years. I watched it the other day, and just it's very episodic. It's more amusing than it is laugh out loud funny. Um, I laughed at a lot of the cameos, you know, Milton Berle or, or Mel Brooks or, or Richard Pryor when they showed up. It got a big laugh out of me, but they didn't but, really do anything. Well, here's the question I have to ask: Is yeah. does does today's generation would they know any of those people in those cameos? Well, I think the well, other than Don does, DeLuise, does, Mil does Milton Burrow <laughs> have a high Q rating amongst the TikTok yeah. generation? No. Well, obviously, if you listen to binge movies, you know who Dom DeLuise is. Well, yeah, I mean, we're the most popular movie podcast yeah. on the earth, so of course, everybody knows who Dom DeLuise is. Yeah, but, let's, let's... but Milton, Milton, you know what Milton Burrow is the patron saint of here at binge movies? Hmm. Jack and shit, and Jack just left town. <laughs> so that's uh, that's not really a. High bar, I guess. I mean, I think if Pat only, still, if Pat were still with us, yeah, he would tell you he would make a yearly pilgrimage to piss on the grave of Milton Berle. I don't know why, <laughs> but he hated the guy. So, yeah, I think the only cameo that really works is Steve Martin because he's still kind of around. But also, Steve Martin has the only, maybe the only cameo that's more than just here. I'm a celebrity. I'm going to say one line that's funny, and then I'm out. He actually has like a character. Yeah. 
and an arc of all things is that <laughs> asshole waiter or whatever. Yeah. And so Steve Martin's looked 80 for 50 years. No so it, it's There's like, no oh, he looks do. pretty much the same. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So again, all, all apologies to Kermit and Miss Piggy. The Muppet movie's got to go. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, Lady yeah. Wong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you? What is your first cut? What are you getting rid of straight off the top? Now here's the one thing I'll say. Both these lists are pretty strong. This yeah. is one of the stronger seasons we've had. There's like sometimes we like a movie gets through and you're like, why the fuck is that on here? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not really the case this time. They're, they all, you know, not, they're not necessarily all preservation worthy, but they're all pretty, pretty good movies. Uh, there's nothing on here that's like an outlier. And uh, there's and no I, double dragon. Yeah, there's <laughs> no double dragon this time. Right? Oh, my living. So and Lady One, I feel like I delivered you as strong of a list as I possibly could. Yeah. So what are you going to do today to break my heart, my champion? Well, I'm <laughs> I'm going to start off by not. Breaking your heart. I'm going to cut the green mile. Uh, you were conflicted in putting this on your list. So I'm here to solve that correct. conflict. Oh. Uh, it, it's got to go. I, I took the less generous take on this film, as you and M talked about. Uh, and I think it would be a travesty to allow the magical Negro trope into the vault. Eh-eh. Hmm. It's gone. Well, it's like a white savior movie where the white guy doesn't save anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's ugh. yeah. yeah. So. It, goodbye. Well, then he's cursed because of it. I guess that's kind that's, of, that's that's the that's the truth. He is cursed because of it. I, I look. I think the direction is excellent. I think the acting is excellent. That, that, that to me is what stands out. Is everybody the performances? Everybody involved, fantastic. So yeah. Uh, and it, it you know it, yeah, it may have been a manipulative, but it did work on me. And it, and I know it didn't work on you. So it's gone. Mm-hmm. We got rid of it. I I I can't say that that I wouldn't necessarily disagree. It's maybe the weakest choice I have on the list, uh, but let's see. What else is next? What else are you getting rid of? So my next cut is Split. Uh, James McAvoy is stellar in this. He is terrifying. And I, I love the idea of examining the superhuman abilities of the neurodivergent, but it left me wanting more. And knowing that we get a sequel, and it's a Ugh. it's a disappointment. It does Ugh. very little to expand on Kevin's story, and literally nothing for Casey's story, which begged for more. <sighs> so, yeah. doesn't she fall in love with him? I can't. I, I've erased that movie from my mind. But I don't know if it's happens? love per se, but they end up sort of being. Uh, she ends up at least having some kind of sympathy for him. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, she gets nothing yeah. to do. It's got to go. There goes split. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing where it is uh, maybe one of his strongest, if not his strongest, showing as a director since maybe yeah. the late late nineties, early two thousands. And as a standalone movie, it holds up. But then there's this maybe the uh, honest to god maybe one of the most clever twists slash backdoor sequels ever. And if you had the good fortune of seeing it before the twist was revealed. Uh, in theaters, it blew people's minds, myself included. It was like, holy shit, what is this? <laughs> right? You didn't think you eat at that point. We didn't it was like this looked like a good movie, but you didn't think he had that in him anymore. Yeah. And then the, the movies were so straightforward. You're like, oh, thank God. Here's one where there's gonna be no twist, and then suddenly there is. And I think it's maybe the best quote unquote superhero after credit or mid credit scene in history because <laughs> you don't think they're going to do it. And then he does it and he's like, eh, I'll do it. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. 
And you're like, oh my God, this is what, it, and then you know what the follow-up is. And of course, you know, there's rumored innuendo, it's hampered by certain health conditions of actors involved and this, that, whatever. So yeah. it, maybe it wasn't yeah. exactly the vision he wanted to execute, but it does feel like it kind of ends up, this movie does leave you wanting more, in a good way. It leaves mm -hmm. you wanting like, okay, what the, what's next? Yeah. We've expanded this universe. <clears throat> uh, Unbreakable is a good film. I think this is a great film. And then unfortunately, the third one just, it almost kind of kills the whole thing. So yeah. I, I well, can't- It shits the bet. It does, and and it's even it's even it's even uh, an intriguing premise for the third film, mm. and it does, but it's just not executed well. So unfortunately, it does kind of bring this one down a notch. So it it is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. What is your last elimination here? Ugh. All right. This is this was really really difficult. Um, I've I've been struggling would, for a while. I would imagine uh -oh. so. Uh, <laughs> I I have to cut Predator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, but yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you've got like Die Hard out there, that's a better John McKiernan movie than Predator is. I don't you know what I mean. It's freaking preserve something. I'd rather preserve that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, to cut to cut in this list, the Green Mile was easy. And then after that, uh, I, I struggled. <laughs> but Predator, uh, I, I got to cut it from my list. Well, the argument you could always make is when you get down to your last four, Lady One, the legacy, because Split is such a relatively new film, mm. we don't know what the legacy is going to you know, In another 10 years, maybe nobody gives a shit that Glass sucked and they're like, this movie's really great. Yeah. And we all, you know, we don't know what the opinion's going to be. Yeah. We know essentially it, you know, Predator is codified, <coughs> Shawshank Redemption is codified, the Muppet movie is codified. Mm. So when you get down to that last three, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. which of these all time beloved films do I just get rid of? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a challenge. That's tough stuff. Yeah. Tough stuff, as Lady Wan likes to say yeah. on all of her podcasts. All the time. Well, why, what, what finally made you decide to cut that one? I'm, I, I, I'm in agreement. It's fine, but yeah, but. it, um, it just, when it comes down to who can I save, it, uh, it just didn't didn't make it, didn't quite make right. it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that is first cut. It's time now that we Ooh. go to Paul for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast for him to give us the rules of last movie standing. Competitors have been randomly assigned either the guest list or Jason's shortlist before the episode. The winner of the opening Dunn slash Deloise coin flip will choose between two advantages, first pick or first word slash last word. First pick means they get first choice of movie from their list, giving them the advantage of choosing the film they think is most likely to win. First word slash last word gives the advantage of hearing their competitor's final argument and gets the last word to the audience. Last movie standing is a four round snake debate. Round one, opening arguments of 90 seconds. The person with the first word is given 90 seconds to make their uninterrupted case for their film. Then their opponent makes their case for their film. In round two, rebuttals take place also over 90 seconds. The person with the first pick is given 90 seconds to critique their opponent's argument then their opponent does the same. Round three, cross-examinations, also 90 seconds. The person with first word will be given 90 seconds to directly question their opponent. 
The opponent can respond during this time. Then their opponent has 90 seconds to do the same. Round four, closing arguments. This time, just 60 seconds long. Person with the first pick will be given 60 uninterrupted seconds to make their appeal directly to the audience for their vote on the basis of their movie's worthiness and the opposing movie's lack thereof. The person with last word will conclude with the same. You mean he's not there? No. I I used to keep him in a little closet I made for him. (laughs) And then a bunch of... Australian humanitarian workers were like, <laughs> you know, and in lieu of an Sounds international right. incident, I let him go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to, you know how they used to, well, I, mean, I don't want to call him the gimp of binge movies. <laughs> well, you don't want Australia on your ass. You really don't. Yeah. yeah. No. Paul may want Australia up his ass, but I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want him on mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, if we're being fair, it would be Wayne who would want Australia up his ass. And he may have had most of Perth up his ass at one time or another. So. Ouch. <laughs> or at the same Perth. time. Who knows? Perth has a wide girth. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that poor guy. He's created a bit for himself. It's now inescapable as the, the ass man over there. So. <laughs> Well, we, we, we find ourselves in an interesting conundrum, children, because now the Lady Wan has two choices and D.W. Lumberg has potentially three choices. Because remember, he has a champion's advantage of a carryover with Casablanca. And uh, normally we would do our dumb and Deloise coin flip. But of course, as the Vince McMahon of podcast, I have another twist for you. <gasps> you may have heard throughout the course of this, or maybe not, depending on how well my editing skills are, the sound of a shuffle. There's a oh, shuffle no. of cards. <laughs> we're going to do something we like to call sabotage. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than doing the coin flip, we're, I am going to pull a high two cards, a little high-low action for you, a little Kira Kurosawa action for you. And the highest card will get the choice of eliminating... One of their competitors' picks, <gasps> oh. leaving them with only one film. Now you do not have to use that sabotage. You can choose first pick, or first word, last word. Uh, so essentially, now there are three advantages on the table for oh you God. to use. So you want to be strategic about this. So, uh, Lady Wan. Since you are... Is it, is it too soon to bring in another lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> Lady Wan, so since you are our guest, you are going to get the first card. I'm going to okay. shuffle. Okay. I'm actually going to ask you. I've just shuffled repeatedly, but I will ask you, do you want me to cut the deck? No. No. Okay. <laughs> so then we're going from the top of the deck as it is. Okay, I have now pulled your card, Lady Juan. Lumberg, I'm now pulling your card. Okay. <clears throat> we will reveal Lumberg's card first. D.W. Lumberg has the King of <gasps> Diamonds. Oh. <laughs> which means, which means 
the lady want e needs either an ace or a joker because jokers are wild. <laughs> and the lady want has a seven of diamonds. Lumberg, <laughs> you have three advantages to choose from. Oh, you can either choose our classic first word, last word, where you get to make your argument first, and then you get to make the last word to our binge lords listening at home. Or you can do a little thing we like to call first pick, where you get the movie of your choice and essentially uh, can go from there, uh, which might handicap your opponent. Or you could literally handicap your opponent with a new little twist we're calling sabotage, where mm -hmm. you can take one of her last two picks and just knock it off the table. Uh, how cold is the Iceman going to be? What are you going to do, Lumberg? Oh, well, if it wasn't for that laugh, I think I'd probably go a lot colder. Um, <laughs> and, and again, I, I think last time, like I said something about, uh, I keep doing these asides. Last time I said I was like doing a one man, uh, waging a one man war against Ohio. Yes. Now I'm waging a one man war against the two best laughs in the podcast oh, business. Thank you. Yes. So I will never not be intimidated showing up on this podcast. <laughs> that's all. I'm, that's that's all I'm saying. All right. So. I think what I'm going to do... Hey, Lumber. Mm. Hey, Lumber. Yes. Yes. Cut the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it. <sighs> All right. Let's do first first word, last word. That's fine. Oh, look at the mercy. Oh, my gosh. Just this because I'm so comfortable with the last format, I, I don't want to have it. Monkey wrench. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. 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 That's fair enough. All right. So, Lady Wan, that leaves you with first pick. What is the movie that you would be selecting? What is the movie you think is most worthy of preservation for all time? The Shawshank Redemption. Of course. So that means the Muppet movie has officially been canceled. Uh, Muppet has been me tooed into uh, Cinematic Lake of Fire forever. Uh, As to the curb, Kermit. So sad. Honestly, if anybody would be me too, it's Miss Piggy. She's real handsy. In oh, there, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Leave that frog alone, lady. <laughs> Because the thing is, sometimes he's consenting, but most of the time he is not. No. Yeah, apparently felt frogs don't have body autonomy. So. <laughs> All right, so for, that means first word, last word. Lumberg, you are up first. You get opening argument number one. This is round one. In this round, you get two minutes to make your opening argument. Are you ready, sir? Oh, I am. But you have to reveal to us. Oh, I do. I, I almost, yeah. I almost uh, prematurely completed here. Um, <laughs> so excited. I was so excited. You have three films on yeah. your potential list. What film are you going to select? What two are you going to shit can? Let us know. What if I pick Shawshank Redemption? What happens then? You can't. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, let's just talk Shawshank Redemption for an hour. Though. Yeah, she, she just took it, buddy. That's off the table for okay. you. So I, okay. I, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Well, um, again, I wasn't a huge fan of it before we did our last podcast, but upon rewatches, I'm, I'm a huge fan now. So I'm going to have to stick with Casablanca. He's sticking with his original pick. Can Casablanca make it through another round of Last Movie Standing? Can it make it through? Are you ready for your opening argument, sir? I am. All right. Round one begins now. To borrow a phrase from a friend, Casablanca is the best argument Hollywood ever made for itself. Made under studio conditions, on studio sets, with actors and even a director under studio contract. 
Casablanca is first and foremost a product as impeccably crafted as anything from this era. Yet, recent rewatches have shown me, and also recent episodes of this podcast, as it's shown many people over the decades, that the movie is about so much more than the romance at the center of its marketing. Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman may be the faces you see on every poster and Blu-ray cover, but they're supported by the likes of Claude Rains, Sidney Greenstreet, Conrad Veidt, and Peter Lorre, A-plus character actors who infuse their dialogue with personality and life. The visuals may not seem particularly standoutish on first glance, but look again and you'll see how subtle lighting choices reflect the characters' inner natures. Rick in conflicted half-shadow, Ilsa in a gauzy ethereal glow, Victor in unflinching bright light, a staple of prolific director Michael Curtiz, who believed that the style of a film should never get in the way of the story being told. Then there's the centerpiece La Marseillaise scene, in which Paul Henry's Victor inspires a room full of downtrodden war refugees, some of whom were refugees in real life, to stand in defiance of the Nazi terror taking over their country. It's one of the cinema's greatest moments, and a slap in the face not just to anyone who stands on the sidelines during times of conflict, but also to people who write off the movie's themes of morality, self-sacrifice, and idealism versus cynicism in favor of a simple romance. Casablanca endures because it encompasses deeper ideas, ideals than what we see on the surface. Okay, you had Ooh. about 16 seconds left on the clock. I, th- I guess you're going to forfeit the rest of that time. <laughs> yep, I'll forfeit. That's all I got other than I love Casablanca. Okay, all right. Liddy Wan, are you ready? Do you have two minutes uninterrupted to make your opening argument? Remember, you're making an opening argument in, in favor of your film, not, necess- not necessarily rebuttal of Lundberg's. That comes yeah. in the next round. Man, I thought I only had okay, 90 are seconds. Are you ready? Oh, God. I prepared for 90 seconds. <laughs> Read slow. Well, okay. Here we go. You don't have to take the whole time. Okay. So, yeah. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. All right, take a breath. Your time begins now. The Shawshank Redemption deserves to be preserved in the vault because it's a story about hope. It's about overcoming cruel authority. It's about friendship. It tells the story of prisoners, a segment of society that America prefers to ignore, and it does so with humanity. It's beautifully shot by Roger Deakins and expertly paced. We spend 18 years with Andy and Red, and yet it never feels like it's dragging. The changes that writer-director Frank Darabont made in adapting this short story into a feature film were no less than brilliant. In just eight weeks of writing, Darabont took a 106-page story and created a nearly three-hour epic that has deeper characters, a stronger narrative structure, and a better payoff for the audience than the source novella. He cites It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Goodfellas, and The Birdman of Alcatraz as inspirations for his script, and you can feel that. The Vault has some great films in it already, but a people's canon of film would not be complete without a Stephen King adaptation. There are nearly 90 movies based on Stephen King stories, but this one is by far the best. Since its release in 1994, it's been a beloved American film, so you'd think its reputation would set it up for disappointment in first-time viewers. But trust me, it really is that good. If you haven't seen it, but you think you know it, go watch it. If you haven't seen it recently, go watch it again. Like Andy said, hope is a good thing, 
maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. So you can't let Shawshank die. It must live on in the vault. Ooh, Ooh an additional 15 seconds forfeited at the end there. <laughs> uh, I need to be impartial, but uh, just got goosebumps there. So. <laughs> Is that what that was? Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. Okay, holy moly. All right. Lumberg and Lady Wan both coming out freaking swinging. This is going to be a tough one. All right. Well, this is a snake debate, which yeah. means Lady Wan, you get to go again. You have 90 seconds, a.k.a. one minute, 30 seconds for your rebuttal. This is an uninterrupted rebuttal. Okay. You get to pick apart his opening argument and, and you know, anything he has said about Casablanca. Okay. Okay. And then we will go over to you, uh, Lindbergh. You'll get your rebuttal, and then we'll move on, where you actually have be able to have some crosstalk in our next round, which is cross-examinations. Lady Juan, are you ready for your rebuttal? <sighs> yes. <laughs> this is tough. I'm trying to score the rounds as we go. I knew this was going to be good, and these folks are delivering so far. So round two, here we go. Your time begins now. So... My uh, first argument against Casablanca is that it's the enemy in this film is the Nazis. And somehow it doesn't feel like they're as evil as we know they actually were. They're, they're sort of a background to all of this. It's not about that. And I understand it was filmed at the time. It's, it's an ongoing issue. But the, the kind of... The secondary characters, Green Street, Lori, Reigns, they all feel ickier than some of our random Nazis who pop in from scene to scene. In your own words from uh, Fire and Ice, uh, this is not oh. the best work of uh, Bogart and Bergman. Um, it's good work. Uh, Bogart's great in his scenes with, with Ilsa, but when he is supposed to be drunk, it kind of comes off as silly. The rest of the time, he's pretty stiff and not in a way that feels authentic to the character, but in a way that doesn't feel genuine or natural to the scenes. And uh, on top of that, we've got, like, <sighs> the, the direction is lacking. This is the year after Citizen Kane. I wanted so much more. The bar has been raised as far as immersive storytelling, and what we see here really doesn't compare. We hang around in Rick's cafe with some flashbacks to move us around, uh, but none of it feels real or lived in. I don't feel like this is a real world. This very much feels like sets and stages, and and it could be a play. Ooh, and you're out of time. You're out of time. Okay. She took it down to the wire. Uh, Lumberg, are you ready? 90 seconds on the clock for you. Are you ready for your rebuttal against the Lady Wan? So I'm rebutting what she just said, correct? You can rebut her opening argument, which she just said, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, yes. okay I am ready. Okay, Lady One, I am in complete agreement that it is a stage set Hollywood production. I think I made that, uh, everything's, I'm blinded by everything. It's, everything's a blur. So I think I made that argument in my opening statement. The thing is, like, yes, the Nazis are the villains, but I think it's not so much fighting Nazis. It's not Indiana Jones here. They're more fighting an ideal. That's what the movie's about. It's about Rick setting aside his selfishness and his and basically putting his morals front and center, which he has and which gets ported across. I talked about that La, La Marseillaise scene. The scene, the thing that makes that scene is that Rick gives the nod to give that the okay to play that song. 
I think that's so powerful. It, it's, it empowers everybody in that room. You also talk about um, uh, Shawshank being about cruel authority, about friendship, about prisoners. I would argue that Casablanca is also about that cruel authority, the Nazis, friendship between Rick, uh, everybody in that cafe, prisoners. They're all prisoners that are making under Nazi rule. So again, I think even though the direction may be lacking as well, it has oomph in the uh, sides and in the side characters that give it all the life that it needs to make it a full experience and not just a one-sided movie. I think that's what makes Casablanca such a classic is that it has all these elements, you know, real world, movie world, all that stuff, but it does tie in. And I agree that the supporting characters are ickier, but that's the fight that Rick is fighting against all these people around him. So. Okay, you had five seconds left. I'd hate to be the poor son of a bitch that has to argue against Casablanca or the Shawshank. <laughs> you guys are up for it, buddy. You guys are up for a challenge yeah. here. And it can only be decided by our binge lords. Now we get to round three. This is where things get spicy. We do a little <laughs> cross-examination. Lundberg, we're going to start with you. You are going to take the Lady Juan, and you're going to put her under the hot, hot lights of your questioning. You're going to question her, and you're going to question. You're going to interrogate. You're going to denigrate. You're going to tear down <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption and, 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 and try to put her in the hot seat, and then we're going to flip and turn the tables the script is going to get flipped, as it were, and the Lady Juan is then going to cross-examine you and your arguments for your film, Casablanca. Lundberg, are you ready? You have 90 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Uh, as much as I am. Okay. <laughs> and let's go. Okay. Uh, again, apologies to Shasha. I do think it's a great movie. I do think that it has lasting impact. Um, let me ask you a couple of questions, Lady Juan. You say that the changes by Darabont are expertly done. Mm -hmm. uh, I would actually disagree on that. The parts that I didn't like were actually the changes. I don't like that the Tommy Wallace character is, it's so melodramatic how they trot him out and then, you know, they, sh they have the warden and, and Hadley shoot him. Like it's so, like, it seems so obvious to me. I think um, as far as the pacing goes, I don't know, like, well, what do you think about that? What do you think about the melodramaticness of the changes? I gasped when he shot him. It, it completely caught me off guard. I, I thought there was no way it would go that far. Um, it, it blew me away. Uh, and, and I feel like while I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe that they put this into this entire story into a movie and never made it feel like, oh, come on, get on with it, get on with it. And it wasn't until after I saw it that I found, like, did my research and knew it was based on a short story. And I was like, the hell? <laughs> like, how is this a short story? And so I was really impressed with the the additions and, and more so what he did for the supporting characters outside of Andy and Red. I think that's what was so much stronger. And do you think, do you think that the movie lasts because of the ending or because of the entire movie? I would argue it's because of those last 10 minutes. I think it's because of you the entire answer. movie. Okay. Okay. All right. That <laughs> that is your time. Any seconds goes by quick when you're doing cross examinations. Lady yeah. Juan, I would recommend, as Lundberg tried to do, get to your questions as soon as possible. Yeah. Lundberg, if we go over, you do have a little bit of time. I'll give you a little bit of extra time to answer, you know, uh, uh briefly, uh, as Lady Juan did. Okay. Okay. All right, Lady Juan, you have 90 seconds. Cross-examination. Put the screws to this guy, yeah. all right, like he did to you. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right, here we go. And go. So 
Uh, could you tell me anything about Ilsa? Well, I don't know if you need anything. Obviously, <laughs> the way that she's shot in that kind of gauzy light, it's how both, uh, you know, it's how Rick sees her. You know, that's it's just the paragon. I think that's what kind of drives him. I don't think you need more than that. She's kind of, you know, it's him and and the fight um, that they're that they're having there between, uh, I forget the, I see I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Anyway, the, uh, uh, you know, the rival, you know, how they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, at odds with each other. I think it's about Ilsa, but it's about that, just how beautiful she is and kind of the representation of what an actual woman is, you know, back in the forties. I think that's, that's kind of what they're fighting over. Uh, Victor, that's the guy's yeah. name. Sorry about that. Uh, do you, so do you think this is the best way to tell this story or do you think it could have been more interesting to learn about Ilsa and her struggle between these two men in her life and, and how she makes her decisions. Well, you could do, you could do a remake of it, I guess uh, you could have you know, a little bit more backstory there, but again, I think it's more Rick's story. It's about his self-sacrifice. She, she's really a pawn, you know, in kind of their game. That I know that sucks, mm -hmm. you know, especially today they could, they could have added that layer, but as far as the point of the movie, you know, being just about, you know, what, what Rick is going up against and what he has to set aside. I think that's the point of the movie. So I don't know if any extra Ten seconds. added layers would help. And how do you feel about the staging of Rick's cafe? Well, again, it's, it's very playset. It's like, it's, it's stage set. That's how almost every movie back in the forties, I know you talked about Citizen Kane, which yeah, it kind of compares, it doesn't compare favorably visually with Citizen Kane. But again, as far as Curtis said, he's saying he wanted to focus on the story. And you do have the German expressionistic uh, cinematography, the black and white cinematography. It's just not as noticeable like something in Citizen Kane, where I think the style is more than the substance. Okay. All right. That was your response. Uh, Lady Wan. That was your cross-examination. You get to go again for yes. your closing argument. We're already there. <laughs> wow. You have 60 seconds, one minute to sum up everything you believe that is good and great and worthy of preservation for Shawshank Redemption and everything, every hole or weakness in Lundberg's argument or his moral framework as a man you get to, this is it. This is where you get to lay it all out on the line. That last one's not hard. Make your case, make your appeal directly to the binge lords, to film Twitter, to the, to the, to the dark movie overlords themselves. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And then Lundberg, you will get last word. Okay. 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 60 seconds on the clock. Lady Juan, are you ready? Yes. And go. The Shawshank Redemption was the most rented video of 1995 and is one of the highest grossing video rentals of all time. If there was ever a metric for a movie to be included in the people's film canon, it has to be top rentals. On top of that, Shawshank was on a near constant rotation on TNT for the entirety of the late 90s. Even in 2006, it was the most watched movie on the UK film channel, Film 4. In 2013, it aired on 15 different U.S. cable networks and was the most watched movie on the predominantly female-watched-owned channel, despite basically not having any women in the movie. It was nominated for seven <laughs> Academy Awards, the most of any King adaptation. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, Best Original Score. It is in the Library of Congress's National Film Registry. And without this movie, we don't have Morgan Freeman's soothing voiceover. Without the Shawshank Redemption, there could be no Million Dollar Baby and there would be no March of the Penguins. Do the right thing and save this movie. <laughs> All right, you are out of time. <laughs> no March of the Penguins. I cannot think of a better 
All right, Lumberg, 60 seconds on the clock. This is where you get, can get into the moral failings of the Lady Juan. Where has she fallen short of the glory of God in her life? <laughs> Are you ready? I am. Go. There's no denying that The Shawshank Redemption is a beloved film. People love this movie. But also, Casablanca has been one of the most beloved films for over, I don't know, what is that, eight decades? Nominated for Best Motion Picture, Director, Actor, Supporting Actor, Screenplay, Cinematography, Editing, Scoring. I'm going to stick with cinematography. We need a black and white movie represented in the vault. But uh, as maybe kind of a a final toss in here, I'm going to quote somebody else. uh, Somebody else wanted to give testimony. I've got a quote here from the great Megan Kearns, who wanted me to say something about Casablanca. She says, there's a reason Casablanca has stood the test of time decades after its release. It strikes a chord with people for a reason. I think it's sometimes easy to dismiss because it's hyped and beloved that when some people watch it today, they might be surprised by the formal acting styles or the dialogue. But that was the style in the golden age of Hollywood. But it truly is masterfully crafted, excavating deep moral and societal issues. I can't think of better words than that. Casablanca deserves to be preserved for its black and white Out of time. And a story. Out of time. Ah. Well, here we go. Here's what's interesting, binge lords. Do we consider it a cheat for Lundberg (laughs) to do a hot tag to someone (laughs) who was not in the match? In the world of professional wrestling, we call that a (laughs) run-in. Megan Kearns just did a run-in on a last movie standing. She wasn't supposed to be in the match. So, now, but here's the twist. She is an actual published film critic and member of the Boston Film Critics Association. So is he citing Megan Kearns, the public film critic, or is he citing Megan Kearns, the former last movie standing champion? And, and, and this is where it all comes down to you, folks. This is where you have the power. You've been here for First Cut. You've been here for last movie standing. You've been here for coin flips and card tricks and first picks and last words. But you get Final Cut exclusively on Twitter. This episode's coming out on Tuesday. The following Wednesday, the poll will go up on our Twitter feed, at Binge Movies. And if I know Lundberg, he's going to be spamming the shit out of that link. (laughs) And if I know the Lady Juan, it's just going to depend what she's got going on in her real life. (laughs) But you get the say. Lady Juan doesn't get the say. Mm -mm. Lundberg doesn't get the say. Jason doesn't get the say. The, 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 The suits in Hollywood, they don't get the say. You get the say. This is the people's canon. This is the vault as determined by you, the people. Will it be Casablanca or will it be the Shawshank Redemption? Who made the better arguments? Who made the stronger arguments? Who was the better competitor here today? You get to decide which movie is most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times. And you get to decide who's going to return for the next round of the Gauntlet Eliminator Series because that son of a bitch is not necessarily going to get an immediate entry into the vault. (laughs) The the film that wins this episode has to go on. Will Lundberg be back for a third time? Or will the Lady Wong have a repeat? What is going to happen here? Can Casablanca see it through? Or will the Shawshank Redemption overcome? Only you get to decide. Woo! 
There is drama in the air. <laughs> this will be decided before the summer is over, folks. So it's just now starting to get spicy, like seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> Somebody get Carlos Santana. Woo! <laughs>
look at them again without the rose-colored glasses. My friend Johnny and I would go ahead and we'd take a look at these movies, see if they stand the test of time or if they're past their prime. Um, just making sure that uh, we're not just making nostalgia the driving factor of these movies. We want to make sure that they're good, solid quality movies. Uh, we've got, what, 60, 61 episodes in the can. We're going to start up our third season come July once Johnny decides to get with it and move into his new house and <laughs> finally get going so I can finally see him again. But yeah, so we've got, uh, and then our upcoming season i think we're going to tackle 90s movies um that we actually love to see if they do stand the test of time and instead of like old relics from the 60s 70s and the 80s we're going to try a little bit of new stuff yeah um but again you can find us there at nostalgia cast we'd love to get some interaction with you um we've had jason on love to have lady Wan on at some time we've got some great guests um super superb guests fantastic guests we just want to keep that rolling ha- have so, you yeah, covered men in black yet no, a lot of people have, and that's on my list. So we'll just see how it goes. Uh, again, we'll, let me I'm just give you. Anything. Let me just give you a recommendation. Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. One, yeah. every podcast has a co-host that needs to get their shit together. Hundred <laughs> percent. Or they can just die. I guess that. Yeah. How Correct. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I won't. I won't. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but let me. But I would say you need to do a Men in Black episode if you're doing the '90s. You got to do Men in Black mm. or Independence Day, either oh. one. Mm. Yes. And okay. the only person worthy enough to do that in those episodes is a lady one. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm writing you down, lady one. Right. That's a, a challenge you want to take us up on. Hell yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. She can take you behind the scenes if you've ever wanted to know how Universal Studios operated in 1997. <laughs> She can get you there. She'll tell you. Or Twister. Okay. Those are the three yeah. films. Independence oh Day, Men in Black, them. or Twister. You have to have her on. She's already you're, done a you're couple of those. Choice. She's done a couple of those for us, and I, I think she's got, she, she had more to say. <laughs> yeah, we talked about at least two of those movies for five hours, so she's got more to say. Yeah. Uh, Lady Juan, where can we find you? What are you up to? You're just, you know, the, the hope and light and joy of <laughs> film Twitter because you're barely on there, and when you are, you tend not to complain too much, unless yeah. it's about airlines. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I got I got a lot of uh, airline enemies. Let's just say that airlines, hockey, and college football. That's when the, <laughs> that's when the grump comes out. But otherwise, yeah. you're you're a ray of joy and sunshine. Uh, where can we find you? What do you got going on? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter with uh, airline complaints and uh, daily framed uh, brags. Uh, at the Lady Wan, you can find me there. Uh, my show is Screen Run. We have two seasons out right now. The first season is every Kevin Smith movie. Uh, the second season is all of the Alien movies. And um, while yeah. we're on this topic of Alien, uh, I'm so glad that we got rid of Predator because I feel like it would have been wrong to put Predator in the vault when it is responsible for two anti-vault movies. Uh, it, like without predator, without predator, there's no V predator. There's no AVPR, and like that, that, uh, that, fuck. I mean, <laughs> so I'm glad we got rid of it. I'm sorry. I know people and love without it. predator, there's no weaponized autism. <laughs> <laughs> Shane yeah. Black came back to a franchise after 40 years. It was like, what about autism? Yeah. Yeah. What if the plot is autism? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, here's $100 million on oh, Olivia Munn. Don't, don't oh, forget, we also have to uh, make fun of uh, Tourette's. That too. 
Oh, yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, oh, so yeah. yeah, Glad Glad Predator is gone. Well, that movie, that movie's in the anti-vault. Predator's gone, yep. Yeah. yeah. You make a good point there. Yeah. Let's make this the last time we ever speak or hear of that. Those two <laughs> yes, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, they never happen. They've been eliminated. And thanks to our binge lords over on Patreon, patreon.com slash binge movies, they have been quarantined yes. from the rest of film. Our most recent entry into the anti-vote is actually from this season. Our patrons decided to vote Bonfire of the Vanities <laughs> into the anti-vote. So now Thank you. Tom Hanks has an entry in the anti-vote. Wow. <laughs> Those are movies so bad. We can't just wait for the natural course of time to send them to hell. Yeah. We have got to put them into a specialized plague-like quarantine condition. We stick it into a biometrically sealed vault in the deepest, darkest core of the earth where nobody can ever get to them. So now Tom Hanks has his name forever <laughs> beside Alien versus Predator Requiem and <laughs> Tiptoes. <laughs> and the suckling. The suckling. <laughs> yeah. So well, I don't know if I think Hanks is okay with that. He did log Joe versus the volcano in 1990 as well. So I would be happy with that. That's a good trade-off. I think so. Yeah. Joe versus Joe versus the volcano didn't make it through, unfortunately, but it is uh an underseen movie, I think. So I'd yeah. say give it a watch before it disappears forever off your shelf. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's always been fun. If you want to find us, you need to vote. You need to go to Twitter at binge movies. If you're listening to this in real time, it'll be up on Wednesday, the day after this episode drops, get on there. It'll be up there uh, for about a week or so. So you have a little bit of time, but vote because that is what's going to decide uh, what, fi what film makes it to the next round and which competitor you want to see come back. So will it be DW Lundberg trying to go for a three peat? which is very tough, just ask the Lady Wan. Or will it be the Lady Wan making it to the next round and getting herself one step closer to being a two-time last movie standing world champion? Uh, we're going to find out. You get to decide. Until next time, binge on.